You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with another episode of Living the Retirement Lifestyle podcast podcast and web show um, because we like to bring our guests on both in audio and in uh, video as well. And we thank you for joining us today. We have a fantastic guest, someone that we have stalked for some while now, <laughs> I have to say, all over the internet because when we first started trying to inspire people to live a more, um, I'd say, enjoyable lifestyle in or approaching their retirement. There was nobody out there. And then we found Dave Hughes, who is our guest today. So, Dave, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, chat with you and to chat with your audience. Thank you. So let us tell you a little bit about Dave and then we'll ask him to share a bit his story. So we first found him through his website called Retire Fabulously. And when we saw those beautiful balloons trailing across at the top of your website, we went, that's what we love. That's what we want to do. Experiences in retirement are something really special. And, you know, that's how we connected. Then we started to see your different books but I think what we'd like to talk about today is the very one of the very last articles that you wrote, which says um, a change of the word. Should we retire the word retirement? So over to you. We're going to give you the floor and you can share whatever you like. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the word retirement is pretty firmly embedded in our culture. But one thing I discovered is that I think for a lot of people, that word carries some baggage. Yeah. I mean, some people, you say retirement, uh, and they think, wow, this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait for the day I finally retire. But for other people, that's kind of like they're not looking forward to it because they think that, gee, once you retire, you're through and you're over the hill. It's all downhill from there. It's going to be boring, all, all that stuff. So I thought, well, maybe there's a better word. And what I came up with was renaissance. And as I'm, I'm sure you know, the, the renaissance period in our history was sort of a period of rebirth, rediscovery, you know, onto new things. And occasionally you'll, you'll hear somebody say, well, this person is a renaissance man or a renaissance woman, meaning that they continually reinvent themselves as something new. And so I thought, well, I think that's the opportunity that your retirement offers you. Because now that you no longer have to work for a living and do essentially whatever it is you need to do to earn a good living, now you can do what you truly want to do with your life, regardless of whether or not uh, it's putting food on the table and a roof over your head and all that. Of course, the, the cool thing is that thing that you might want to do uh, could actually bring in some money and uh, more importantly, maybe you'll make a difference in the world. But the point is your renaissance is when you can really recreate your life and live it the way you want to. 
That's brilliant. I like that. I like that description. I like that word far, far better. We'll have to try and get it embedded in the language to mean retirement. If you see what I'm yeah, I would love. I would love that. I mean, uh, uh, I was thinking once it becomes a viable Google search term, then I know we will have succeeded. We'll work on it. Trust us. <laughs> I love my SEO, so I will definitely yeah, we'll do what we can. And you know, it inspired us because we've written a couple of books uh, on the mindset shift from the first mm -hmm. one was from employee to home business entrepreneur and we've written one on goal setting and mm -hmm. we in the middle of writing our one on um, dare I say retirement <laughs> but you just with that word you just gave us exactly what we want to do so it's the renaissance period and mm -hmm. I think I think we can do a lot with that. Thank you. So let's ask you a question. Are you retired? No. Yes. Are you renaissance? <laughs> Are you renaissance? Yeah. Yeah. Yes to both. And uh, that's sort of an interesting point because um, it, it, I, I had originally intended to retire when I turned 60 because at that point I will have had uh, 21 years with the employer that I spent the second half of my career with. I would have been fully vested in their retirement plan. Um, and of course, here in the US, you can start tapping into your uh, individual retirement account savings at 59 and a half. And so if I worked till 60, uh, then I could start living off that. And that's sort of what I was planning on. And what happened was in 2013, which was about three and a half years before I turned 60, uh, or before I was planning to retire, I should say, uh, my company kind of wanted to reduce their workforce. And so they offered a very attractive uh, financial incentive to retire early. Mm -hmm. And I had the whole year to think about whether I wanted to take this or not. And finally, in August, I decided to do it. And so I found myself retired about three and a half years earlier than uh, I had originally planned. And as I found out later, I mean, doing some of my research, it is average, at least in the U.S., for people to retire three years sooner than they plan to. Really? So um, that, that's something I, I try to caution people about is, you know, that day may come sooner than you think, uh, either because you get a nice package or Maybe the, your employer makes that choice for you or you have a health problem or something like that. Sorry. So anyway, I, I've, been, I've actually been retired for almost seven years now. And I started Retire Fabulously about six months before I left because that's when, I mean, I've been thinking about what I'm going to do when I retire for many, many years, but that's when it suddenly got real. And it got real in six months as opposed to real in four years. So uh, I, that's when I started going out on the internet and looking for things about how you're going to live your life after you retire and what's retirement really like and all that, and discovered that practically everything out there was just about money and finances and all that. And there was very little about what kind of lifestyle you want to live after you retire. And so that's when I started Retire Fabulously. Wow, what a story. And so how did you how did you get into writing? I mean, presumably, I mean, I don't know what your background. Did you have writing experience? Or is it just a passion project you started? Well, you know what, that's one of those things that uh, has really come to light. Since I left my 
you know, my, my career since I retired. Now, uh, I've been a musician for all my life. I, I play trombone and electric bass. Uh, I love jazz and some other forms of music as well. So my primary uh, creative pursuit has always been music. Now, so I never really thought of myself as a writer until I started to visualize what would I like my life to be like after I stop working. And music's been a big part of that, but uh, I decided once I started writing for you know, my blog posts for Retire Fabulously that I really enjoyed that. And now it's three books later, and now I'm thinking about trying my hand at fiction and stuff like that. So that's something that has totally blossomed since I have retired. Oh, it's quite amazing, actually, how, how um, different things come out in you. Mm -hmm person um once you do retire um i mean you know for us one of the things that came out was that we love teaching and training and you know mm -hmm. i mean we were accountants before we <laughs> don't know where that came we, from <laughs> before we changed our lifestyle um but it but it's sort of one of those things that came out and we thought oh wow okay yeah this is really good and we both love it and we love mm -hmm. teaching from stage and doing all sorts of things, webinars and, you know, these, these are great for us. We love them. Fabulous. And, mm -hmm. you know, but that came out after we, we changed careers, if you like. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, because we wanted to create a, a retirement lifestyle, just like you did. Um, and that's what we do now. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, we love traveling the world, but that, that doesn't happen quite so much at the moment. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> but, but, uh, what part of the world are you in, by the way? So just oh, for so, our, our, our listeners. Oh, sure. Yes, I am in uh, Chandler, Arizona, which is a suburb just to the southeast of Phoenix. Oh, I know Phoenix. So, yeah, so um, it, it's, it's right now for us in November. It, it's actually a little warmer than usual, but fall and spring are perfect here that every day is just beautiful all that so i'm we're in that great time of year here uh summer it does get really hot but that's okay i'm originally from ohio and where we had snow and ice and blizzards and all that sort of thing and f finally i decided i i end up in i ended up in washington dc and they still get snow and cold weather and all that there too and finally, in about my mid-30s, I thought, I've had enough of s shoveling snow and freezing weather and all that stuff. I want to go someplace where it's sunny and warm. And so I actually moved to Phoenix in my late 30s. Uh, it wasn't someplace I moved, you know, when I retired. But uh, and I didn't even think about where I was going to live after I retired at that point. But it seems I made a good choice. Uh, way way back then. So, anyway, I'm in I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's warm and sunny, and uh, I love it here. I know we, we've flown into Phoenix on several occasions. We know quite a few people in Scottsdale. We've stayed in mm -hmm. Scottsdale. We've, mm. We we love. I mean, we just love our travel. That's you and know. We love the weather there. The weather's far <laughs> oh, yeah. the nice compared with wet and rainy, cold England where we are at the moment. I mean, it's as dark mm -hmm. as anything outside because it's early evening here, but. Uh, yeah, it was, it, you know, funnily enough, it's, it reminds me of one of your books that I was reading and, and obviously on your blog as well. And you talk about, you know, some of the places that people can now choose 
to live when they reach that renaissance phase mm -hmm. in their life and it's quite interesting actually because long before we changed careers um, we were still running our management consultancy but we we subscribed to a magazine um, that we just by luck found out about called international living and we started mm -hmm. getting these magazines and it, it was just like that's it that's what we want to do you know we want to not be location tied which we had mm -hmm. been in our in our work um, we want to be able to go somewhere nice and warm in the summer we want to ski in the winter because that's our absolute love and I just think it's nice to be able to inspire people to be able to do that and I think we were talking just before we came on air weren't we and about how everything to do with the R word um, seems mm -hmm. to be about saving money, cutting back on things so that you can have some pleasures in that phase of your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you've seen that as well. And I guess that helped you create your, your content. Yeah, that, that's very true. And, and uh, it's funny, as I was reading through some of your material recently, uh, you made a point that is very similar to a conclusion that, that I reached at one point, And that is, that it's better to visualize what you would like your retirement to be like, and then say, all right, now how much money will I need to be able to live that lifestyle? Whereas most people do the exact opposite. And they say, well, okay, I've reached retirement. I have this much money. What kind of lifestyle can I have for this kind of money? And you know, if you switch the priorities and you think about your lifestyle first, then that not, not only does it motivate you, but it gives you a much better idea of, um, you know, what sort of finances you'll need to, to reach that. Yeah. I think the other big important point about that in, in today's world is that, you know, even if you don't have the money saved in your 401k or your pension pot, whatever you like to call it, wherever you are in the world watching this, mm -hmm. um, there are ways to still achieve extra income and and have the lifestyle that that you want um you know you've taken to writing and you've created mm -hmm. a blog and you know that will generate you some income you know mm -hmm. we took to building an online business and teaching and training people um and that creates us an income you know it's not just about how much money you've got saved and mm -hmm. you know, trying to work out how many years you think you're going to live and how much Scary. you can afford to draw down and you know to us retirement is all about it's all about doing the things that when you were a kid you said when i grow up i'm going to whatever yes. that is i was going to be a ballerina <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. i think that didn't turn out too well <laughs> but you know there's still many things you can do i mean as in my case uh, you know, when I was in high school and I was really starting to face the question, all right, what do you want to do for a living when you grow up? Uh, you know, I, I'm a musician. I, I love, I play trombone. Uh, I love jazz, all that sort of stuff. I did a honest assessment of the amount of musical ability I really have as well as my discipline or lack thereof for how much I'm willing to practice. And I decided that maybe a career as a jazz musician 
wasn't the best choice. I would be one skinny dude. (laughs) But uh, so, so I became a software engineer and I really enjoyed that. It was a great career. It wasn't quite what I really wanted to do. It was a choice I made because it would pay well. But now I can be a jazz musician, and and at least until the uh, pandemic hit, I was in several bands and uh, playing and just really enjoying playing and not having to worry about, gee, is is this gig going to pay enough to put food on the table? Um, So so it it really gives you that. I, I look at retirement as that opportunity to really do what you wanted to do and not necessarily worry about you know, creating a full-time income and all that. Um, but, but as you mentioned, and, I, and as I've discovered too, you can certainly make money doing things that you're passionate about. It's just not what the corporate world thinks you should be doing for money. Exactly. And there's a lot of discussion about that on the internet. You find it everywhere. And we actually really, we endorse education. You know, we're really glad that we both had the educations that we did that gave us the opportunities to pursue the career paths that we did. Um, We obviously, when we met, we sort of joined forces in, in our careers as well and started our own management consultancy business. So, you know, we, we feel lucky that we did that. We've got five kids between us um, because we're second time married. And they've all had good educations and they've gone on to use that education to create the careers that they want. And later in life, like us, they may decide something entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you can knock that. And I, I get, I, I really get on my soapbox around this thing because everyone says, oh, you don't want to work the nine to five and the corporate and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, we learn a lot from it. It gives us a good income, mm-hmm. it gives us a start in life, and it allows us to make choices later on. I mean, I don't know what you think about that. No, no, no that's absolutely correct. I mean, um, yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, and, uh, well, I, I don't have much to add to that other than I totally agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're about the only person so far we've ever spoken to who has. So. <laughs> So I'm quite happy about that. <laughs> but I'd love to go back to a little bit to your music because, I, you know, I can hear that in your voice, how much you love that. I mean, it has been a difficult year with the pandemic and we haven't, I mean, we love music too. We haven't mm-hmm. been able to go to any concerts um, and that's a great shame. But I'll tell you what, the joy that we've seen of collaborations between uh, musicians all coming together with a score and a conductor, individual um, Zoom or Skype performances like this, Mm -hmm. and then somebody sewing the whole lot together. Uh, To me, actually, it's been even better than going and watching on a stage. I don't know how much you've seen where you are, but we've got such a lot of it going on here in the UK. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I'm I'm very familiar with that. In fact, two groups that I'm in have put together those uh, video collage performances that you're talking about. And so uh, I have been one of those tiny little cells on the screen, you know, with with a bunch of others on two or three occasions here. And, and so, yeah, that's been fun. And I think that's one of the advantages of being a creative person doing creative things is that when obstacles get put in your way, 
uh, you look for creative ways to overcome them and you invent some new things. Uh, one thing that, uh, you know, I mentioned already that I play trombone. There's one other instrument that's totally different. And for probably at least 30 years, I've always thought, if I were ever to learn a new instrument, it would be this. And that instrument is the steel pan oh, from wow. Trinidad. Yes, you've probably heard steel drums. Yes, exactly. I just love that music. It is so happy sounding and cheerful and everything. And so finally, last summer, I thought, I keep saying I'm going to do this someday. You know, unless I actually do it, that someday is always going to be someday in the future. Mm -hmm. So make someday today. And so I, uh, I met a fellow at one point who I knew... Uh, was in a steel band and so I just called him and I said how do I how do I get involved with this and he said well our band meets on Wednesday nights why don't you come on over for our next rehearsal and you can pound the drum a little bit and see what what it's like and so I did that and two days later I was forking over eighteen hundred dollars for a very good quality steel band and I've been playing that ever since. So that's been a year and what, four months now. And the neat thing about that is that when this pandemic got here, um, and any musical endeavor that involves blowing air through instruments is not safe during this coronavirus pandemic. But everybody in the steel band, and we have like six different um, steel drummers and a bassist and a drummer and a percussionist, None of that involves horn blowing. And so we're able to rehearse in our band leader's driveway. The neighbors don't mind. In fact, sometimes they come out and listen. Um, we can space ourselves six feet apart. We can wear masks. And so that's the one band that's been able to continue. And so we did one of those video collage uh, performances. And then we also did a couple live streams uh, where you know we set cameras up and did Facebook Live starting at seven o'clock on Saturday night or whatever and played for about an hour. So, um, you know, th that's one band that's been able to keep going. And, and you know, it's th thanks to the technology, we're able to still make it, a, make it happen. I, honestly, that is just so joyful. I mean, it really, mm -hmm. it's it really a great is. story. You know, and I think actually that hits something really to us that we think is really important that you can do something with those things, those talents that you've got, you can develop them, you can find ways, even if you want to, to take the entrepreneurial route and monetize that, you know, you mm -hmm. could be, if it were not for the pandemic, you could be out there playing gigs um, mm -hmm. with the old, you know, thingies um, and enjoying life and helping other people have some joy as well. And I think that really sort of sums things up to us. I mean, your, your design, your dream retirement, that book, I mean, that really epitomizes that. And we talk mm -hmm. about this all the time when we get on calls with students, is trying to find out from them what it is that really turns them on, if you like, what they are passionate enough about to get mm -hmm. on and do. So I thank you for that. Do you have a favorite out of your books that you've written? Well, you know, I, I like them all, but the one that I think I did the best job on is my newest one, which is 
the quest for retirement utopia, how to find the retirement spot that's just right for you. And I, I put a lot of research into, into this book. I, I did a lot more fact finding and information gathering for that book than I did for the first two, because the first two were a lot more philosophical and like I say, get in the right mindset and stuff like that. But uh, this book required a lot more um, research and, and, and digging for information. And one thing that I found is um, a lot of people think about, and that, again, this is preconceived notions of retirement. Well, I'm going to retire someplace where it's warm and sunny. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., people, you know, Florida is obviously the number one place people go to retire. Arizona is number two. And you also find some people going to North and South Carolina and some of the other Southern states. But, um, and as much as I like warm and sunny, that may not be the best answer for everyone. And I, I think it's important to first visualize what it is you want to do with your retirement. Mm -hmm. But then once you know that, then the next question is finding the place that has the right amenities, the right facilities, the right environment for you to be able to do those things. For example, uh, I've never been very interested in playing golf. But a lot of these well, retirement no, communities, yeah, a lot of these retirement communities down in Florida are centered around golf courses. Oh, I hate it. And, and, and uh, you know, they have their activity centers and all kinds of clubs and stuff like that. And for some people, that's fine. But for me, I want to be someplace closer to a city that's large enough to have plenty of places where I can go hear concerts, plenty of places where I can go play music. I also enjoy theater and museums and other sorts of artistic creative things. I want to live in a place that has plenty of uh, you know, artistic resources around me. And, um, and there's other examples too. I mean, if you really want to travel a lot after you retire, then you might want to live close to a city that has a major airport. Yeah. Okay. Where you want to go on one of your trips, you know, you don't want to have to spend six hours getting to, to the airport first and then taking your trip. So having a more firm vision of what you want to do with your retirement may help answer the question, where should I live? And that isn't necessarily in the big senior communities down in Florida. No, that's, that's, that's really true. good. And it's that's really, good really advice. good, really good insight in actual fact into, into mm -hmm. Subject. I mean, you know, and, and you know, here the internet is just full of top ten best places to retire and top ten places where you can pay pay the least taxes and all this stuff like that. And you know that that makes for you know a fun article for people to read for a second, and you know they make money off the advertisements around the sides. But uh, nobody's going to find the best place to retire by looking at what's on a top ten list. Because, you know, it, it's all to put what criteria they use to create that list. And, you know, um, otherwise there'd be that one great place to retire, like, say, Phoenix, Arizona, and millions of people would all go there, and then it would be crammed full of 15 million people and it would no longer be a great place to retire. So, you know, <laughs> there is no one great place to retire for everybody. It's totally up, up to you. 
I mean, you've actually nailed it there. I mean, for us, if we, we love our travel, obviously, and we had to have a business for us that's portable. We don't see ourselves ever entering the Renaissance period per se, because well, we're, um, we're in it and we're mm -hmm. enjoying it we and we're what doing we what we love and we're passionate about. So for us, wherever we go, it's got to have a jolly good internet connection because mm -hmm. we can't do what we love doing unless that were the case. I mean, our passion is, uh, and my mum keeps saying, poor my mum, she, um, she has dementia and early onset Alzheimer's, but the phrase mm. she always remembers is, when I'm gone, dear, you will go and live in Costa Rica, won't you? <laughs> uh, because we've talked about it so often. We've done a lot of travelling. And there. we've we travelled there, we love it. But again, there are parts of Costa Rica where the internet is very poor. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be no good for us. So, you know, you've got to really research this stuff. I think, a, I think a big thing is also health, isn't it? Healthcare. You've got, yeah. you've got to look at places where you've got the sort of healthcare that you need. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And uh, one thing that this pandemic has brought out is the importance of having good hospitals, good doctors, good medical care, uh, not only the quality of it, but the availability. I mean, there are many uh, more rural parts in the United States now where the one local hospital has had to close up because it doesn't have enough business and people can be an hour away from their nearest hospital. Mm -hmm. And that may be a beautiful place to live for other reasons, but if you're nowhere near, let's be honest, we're getting older and you know, we're, as time goes on, you're gonna need healthcare. And um, one thing that I discovered is that um, many of the Southeastern states in the US uh, were among those that were most badly hit over the summer with the pandemic. And I, one day I decided, let me kind of do a comparison between where uh, the coronavirus hotspots are and where there's quality medical care. And those didn't line up real well. And I learned that some of the southern states where people love to go to retire and all that are not necessarily the places where there's the best health care. And that has suddenly become more important this year. I mean, it's really been thrown in our face uh, how important that is. It's, it's created a big shift for everyone. Mm -hmm. Shifts of mindset, shifts of thought about what they want to do in their future. And I think, you know, we're, we're going to start to see now a lot more. Certainly our children are finding it having, we're working at home, whereas they have really quite high, high profile jobs that require them to usually work inside London. They're finding they're loving being at home, um, mm -hmm. even if it has included some home homeschooling for our grandchildren, um, that they don't want to go back to that kind of commute. And I, I think we're not, we're going to sort of start to see a shift into people looking a lot earlier at how they can change their whole lifestyle, not just their retirement lifestyle. So maybe that's another book in the making for you. You know, th there are at least some good articles because you actually hit upon a phenomenon that is happening right now. People are moving out, uh, at least in the US, people are moving out of the big cities and moving to smaller towns and stuff like that because now they've learned that they can work from home anywhere. And so why live in a high priced city 
where you're crammed in with all those other people when you can live in another place that's maybe a little more beautiful, a little more relaxed, and certainly less expensive. So there's already a big migration going on here. Uh, our housing market in Phoenix is just going through the roof because all these people are moving over from California because it's so much cheaper to live here. Yeah. Um, and and that, that shift is happening in several other areas of the country as well. We got we got some good friends in Oregon who have just, just sold, sold their, their house oh, and just said, you know, we just we decided we're gonna sell at the top of the market because people are absolutely flooding in. They want to live in Oregon, they don't want to live in California. Right, exactly. So, you know, you take you take that opportunity <laughs> as it's come along. There's always gonna be good things as well as bad things that come out of major events. So uh, mm -hmm. Oh, well, honestly, Dave, thank you really so much for giving us your valuable time. I do hope you might preface our book for us when it's finished, because we've taken so much inspiration from you and your writings. And I think between us, hopefully, we can inspire a lot more people all around the world to think about their renaissance. Well, um, excellent. I, I would be honored to do that. I, this is the first time somebody's asked me um to to write a little preface for 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 their book um that's quite an honor thank you no we, we would be delighted because we have such a great connection i believe in what we're all trying between us trying to mm -hmm. do, change change the whole um concept of retirement to change it to a renaissance so what better mm -hmm. way to finish this um, then finish on the word renaissance thank you everyone for tuning in with us either live or on the replay um, for either watching or listening depending on how you like to do that and uh, thank you Dave for joining us from all the way across in Arizona and we look forward very much to seeing you on our very next show thank you everyone for watching take care well, th see you next well thank you and thank you for having me and uh, thanks to everyone for watching and listening in it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Dave. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley.